Hi, I'm Kathy Rushing, host of the podcast Committed, The Entrepreneur Marriage. If your middle name is Restless and you identify with words like innovator, dreamer, changemaker, creative, independent, or you are married to an entrepreneur or heaven help you, you're both entrepreneurs, this podcast is for you. The entrepreneurial journey can be a little wild at times, like uncharted territory. Join me as I talk with others who are at various stages of the entrepreneur process. We'll explore the wisdom and insights they have gained while navigating the ups and downs of the entrepreneur journey. You'll discover that there are many couples who have found ways to thrive in both their marriage and business. and welcome back to this series on buying a business where Mark and I are just walking through the past, I don't know, I guess about 10 months now yep. that we've been in the process of looking for a business to buy. Why? Because we're not 20. <laughs> we, <laughs> we don't have the time and energy to go through the whole startup process. So this is episode three. We are going to be talking about the dating and proposal process. Yes. yes. So welcome back, honey. Thank Glad you. To so good to you. be invited back. I know. Yes. You better behave. <laughs> <laughs> so we left off in the last episode where you've identified a business yes. that meets your criteria, really yeah. pretty much all of your criteria, right? It does. And just as a summary, the criteria are? The criteria are um, it needed to have positive cash flow. It needed to be or be able to be an owner-managed business. And really a third one, which we didn't quite get to last time, but I think we'll get into a little more in depth, mm -hmm. is it has assets. And that makes the financing a different it just takes the financing to a different place. Okay. And tell us a little more about what you mean by assets. Other people may understand what that is, but just in case they don't. Yeah, it's physical assets. Um, this particular business is a porta potty business. It has porta potties, several hundred porta potties. It has trailers. It has five trucks. It has some steel shipping containers that are rented out for storage. So there are physical assets to this business that really help the bank a lot. Um, you know, I mean, it's the bankers, if they can, they want to see what the history is, but they also like it if there are actual assets um, that help to back up the loan. And so that's what's happening here. Because worst case scenario, they can sell the, the business assets. goes under. Yep. Yep, they can sell the assets, or I can sell the assets and pay off most or all of the loan. Right. Um, so, yeah. Okay. It just hopefully this is a helpful process in, you know, what is it that the bank looks for? Yeah. What do you look for in buying a business? So, yeah. Yeah. all right. So you um, you identified this business. The next step then was talking more with the broker. So. Yep. Talk about that process a little bit. Yeah, once I came across the business and kind of read the description and realized that it was something that was interesting, you know, I've kind of identified three levels of information that I need, all of which are part of the due diligence 
process. But the first level was just getting some financials from the broker. Um, I got some P&Ls. He actually sent me an asset list. The interesting thing about this one is, as I began to talk to the broker, early on he said, don't get too excited. There's another party that he's negotiating with. And I said, well, okay, let me know if that falls through. Well, then the next email was, uh, he wants to talk to you. He's not that fired up about this other group. And so we could have a conversation. So there's there's this early kind of looking at a business, of looking at P&Ls, talking to the owner, uh, looking at a balance sheet. Balance sheet really tells you if there's debt more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, now other people would say there's a whole lot more there. I just don't understand it at all. <laughs> yeah. um, never and, even took an accounting class. No, <laughs> no, never a business class at all. Um, and so the, that level one is, is gathering some of that initial information. And the, the goal really is to see, is this something I actually want to pursue? Mm-hmm. I've I've gathered in some of that information before and gone, uh, there's not really anything here. And so, so I've passed on it. There's a certain amount of information that is available from the broker before you ask for the first date, really. Yes, yes. To yes. use an analogy. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, you want to know what the girl looks like and what's her personality <laughs> like. Does Take she... the mask off a little bit. Yeah, um, are friends crazy? I mean, there's things that you look at. So in a business, you look at some of those very surface-level things. Mm-hmm. Um, then it goes to the next level, which is where I express to the broker that I'm very interested in this. I'd like some more information in order to be able to put together a letter of intent. So I begin to gather more. I ask for a couple of years of tax returns. That's a real key part of this because the banks have to be able to look at the tax returns and see that there is income in the business. And they'll pull some owner compensation out um, when they do all of their due diligence. But those tax returns are really important. I got a detailed list of their assets. Um, I'm trying to think. I got some more like payroll information and some of that so that I could put a picture together in my own mind of what this business was going to look like and was I going to be able to finance it, you know, and all of those things. So then the next step is to submit a letter of intent. The letter of intent is non-binding, but it says it. So we're not married yet, but it says. I'd like a first date, maybe. I mean, would you consider this a first date? The letter of intent is more like, okay, we've been out on a couple of dates. Mm -hmm. We're not going to see anyone else, at least for now. Now, that didn't work with you, but it uh, that's just the that's part of the letter of intent. It's an agreement that we're going to exchange information. I'm going to provide information on my background and whether I'm going to be, you know, the seller has to know if I can if I can actually buy this thing. And do I have the ability to run this thing? Mm -hmm. Um, And the seller is going to provide me more in-depth information. 
And we agree that in that process, we're not going to, he's not going to talk to anyone else, promote the business to anyone else. So we're going to have an exclusive relationship for a period of time. Usually it's, it's a fairly short period of time to dig into that. Now, in this case, I can mm-hmm. see on your face, you're mm-hmm. questioning. Yeah. <laughs> he never signed it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So the I submitted the letter of intent. The broker said he likes your offer. It's less than the other guy had offered. But he's wondering if you will lease the building from him uh, going forward. And I said, sure, for a price, a reasonable price. He sent back a price. I said, I think that's too much. We agreed on a price on the lease. We agreed to a purchase price. This is all just at a very high level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's a part of the letter of intent. So it helps you get to terms. And in most cases, it kind of, it keeps them from talking to someone else. In this case, he never signed it because he was still kind of, stringing along the other potential buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, he was keeping his options. He was keeping his open. options open. But uh, we did agree to general terms. So that gave me enough information from him to go to the next level, to start down the next level of road, which was I needed to go to the banks. So before we get a purchase agreement, I needed to go to the banks because of us already owning businesses and just the ups and downs of that. Yeah. And we Um, had just gone through um, this house that we moved into early December. We were down to within three weeks of closing and still did not have a bank that would commit to us, you know. And it's just, it's so frustrating as a business owner because you sign checks for 250 some odd people that can take that check to the bank and no one questions it. But the person signing that check, oh my goodness, you know, we have to look at your toenails and make sure they're clean. (laughs) Yeah. And our other business, there's, there's several different entities. Mm -hmm. We had our main business that we originally started Mm -hmm. um, that had a great year in 2019. Yeah. Then we have the other business that I had other investors in, and now I just have a very small part of. But there were gigantic losses there yeah. because of opening up some new buildings. At the same time as at, COVID. Yeah. at the, Well, yeah. and even in the year prior. And so if the banks are just box checkers, then they, they don't even look at all of that. Yeah. Um, so we got a referral from the broker and from another business person in town to a couple of banks. And I had conversations with them and said, look, I want to send you my tax returns. Mm -hmm. I want Mm -hmm. to explain to you how my business works Mm -hmm. so that you can tell me whether this is even something that we can pursue or not. Or has that crazy year just taken us out of the market for a while? So I packaged all that up, sent it to both of these bankers and fairly quickly, they said, yeah, we're we're interested in doing this and don't see any problem getting it done. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to have real bankers. You right, know, again. right. It's hard to find that. It's we very hard. have a, a friend in New Braunfels that was the president, started the bank, I think. 
Yeah, I probably shouldn't say that name, but... No, I'm not. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but he says he works for the federal government now instead of, you know... Yeah, there was a time... I mean, when you started the business... Oh, they were amazing. Yeah. They knew who you are. Yeah. They knew the risk, and and they took risks on us. And it's hard to find banks like that now. Exactly. Now, where... You went out and met the owner and toured the facility. And part of what was in question when you talk about that lease is he owns some land that has, it's the office. It is. It's the office and the shop and the yard and everything. So he has. Which he doesn't have a use for if he sells these assets. Right. So. um, Yeah. And that was a part of why. So when he. When I agreed to lease that building, because I mm-hmm. looked around and said, "I, that's the cheapest lease I can find. Yeah. Um, so you did some looking? I did some looking okay. online, looked at LoopNet and talked to Amy. Our daughter's a realtor. Daughter-in-law. Our daughter-in-law is a realtor. We feel like she's <laughs> We'll take a her as a daughter. <laughs> um, and so that actually sweetened the offer a bit from, for him because the other buyer was going to pay more, but he was going to take it. Well, I'm agreeing to lease his property for three years. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll also ask for a first right of refusal if he decides to sell. Um, because eventually, mm-hmm. we would like to own some property, whether it's that or something else, with the shop and office and all of that on it. That So we're paying rent to ourselves, Sure, you know, as we grow the business. But um, yeah, so I went out. I had a couple of, I had a conversation with a broker on the phone then I had a conversation with the broker and the owner on the phone. Then a day or so later, I went out after hours and he walked me through and showed me his trucks and showed me the porta potties and the office and all of that. So, what part of the process was that though? Was that before you gave the letter of intent? That. It was. It was, okay. actually. So yeah. you were able to see it, actually, before yeah. issuing a letter of intent or yeah. offering a letter, I guess I would say. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that, you know, that part of the process is pretty fluid. I think people are going to find that that type of thing happens at different points along the way. There are some of the businesses that we've looked at I wouldn't have been able to go to. Um, without a letter of intent signed. Okay. Probably many of them. Now, he was close by. He, we could do it after hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I think that helped. I think there's an interesting piece to this negotiation process also. I think having some awareness of what else is happening in the industry yeah. concurrently because... Here in Fort Collins, there was a sanitation company that was absorbed, I believe, by a bigger company. And they let go a lot of employees. And I I get on the Nextdoor app since we've lived here. It's a nice way to get rid of stuff or (laughs) get recommendations for service people or whatever. But I was seeing this thread a couple of weeks ago. People were really upset because they knew some of these yeah. garbage men is what they are, you yeah. know, 
who have families, they have mortgages, they have kids, and suddenly their job was gone. Yes. And so people in the area were quite, I would say, sensitized to that, as is the owner of this business. He... Yes. He cares about his employees and yeah. he is concerned that some big conglomerate just yep. you know, scoops it up, takes it somewhere else, and his people are out of a job. Yeah, and part of our deal is um we'll talk well, this would be a great time to talk about it. So what we're doing is an asset purchase. Yeah. And the asset purchase means that we're not buying the entity that he has that runs the business, the legal entity. We're buying all of the assets of the business, which includes everything from the trucks and the porta potties to the computers to the website, the name, customer list, customer list, contracts, all of that. But we're not taking on the liability that might or might not be there from the entity that he owns. And that's, I've learned, is a pretty common thing, you know, in this in this kind of a situation. There was there was a story you told me about after listening to some of these yeah. podcasts about a nightmare and why you yeah. want to buy the assets and not the business. Is that Am yes. I remembering the right story? Yes. There was an inter- podcast interview with a guy in Utah that was, and he owns multiple businesses. It's a fascinating story. But one of the interesting pieces was he talks about that no matter what you do, no matter the due diligence you perform, how much you dig in, there's always going to be a surprise. <laughs> well, his surprise was he bought a furniture store a retail furniture outlet and it showed certain numbers and he said, we bought it and we could not hit those numbers. And he said, one of our employees walked into like a storage room that had been locked off in the back, uh, one day looking for something. Nobody would just been in there. Gosh. Well, there was a prostitute and a client <laughs> doing business. Yes. And it turned out oh, that my gosh. the furniture store was a front for a prostitution ring. And they were laundering money through the furniture store. Wow. Yeah. And I, I've heard others, you know, where there's just, there's just all kinds of stories. And yeah, it's pretty crazy. You don't really know. You don't want to buy the liabilities of a business. You want to buy the assets. You're gonna. You're buying some goodwill. Um, you're not buying prostitutes. You hopefully you're not buying prostitutes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How did that end crazy. up? How did they? I don't know. I think they ended up in a lawsuit. I I don't remember. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't remember. Wow. I think they ended up actually getting their money back um, because they had arranged for uh, some seller financing. And so, you know, they were able to Mm. make it right that way. It's pretty crazy, though, when you think about that. Um, I was, I want to circle back to something because Mm -hmm. part of the process, when I was on the phone with the owner and the broker and then meeting in person, 
this is kind of the way I am anyway, but I had heard some buyers talk about the importance of just having a real person connection mm. to the seller. Yeah. And so part of what I did when I talked to him that night and he said, so what do you want to know? And I said, well, let me start by telling you a little bit about me so that, you know, I'm not just some Yahoo off the street, you know, that's going to waste your time. And I said, I started a company 22 years ago. This I've built it to this. This is what we're doing. I'm looking for a way to diversify. That's a short version, but I took a few minutes just to tell him who I was, what my background was, and kind of what my thinking was in buying his business, and then ask him, and he started telling me about his business. I think that was important. You know, one of the things the broker is, has said to me is that the other prospective buyer has, a, I guess, a related business of some sort but was going to really just wanted to buy the physical assets and take them over to his place and run the business. And the seller really wanted part of what he liked about what we were going to do is that his business was going to continue. He started it 25, 26 years ago and he likes that it would continue and that I'm not going to go in and fire everybody and just, you know, take the assets and do something else with them, but that I'm actually going to run the business mm -hmm. and hopefully grow the business. Um, so that was an important part of the process, you know, of actually getting to talk with them. And I was appreciative that the broker initiated those conversations so that the seller and I could kind of get to know one another a little bit. Yeah. It, I remember you also saying that the other suitor, for lack of a better word, there we go. Um, showed up to the first meeting with their attorneys. And so oh, yeah. when I think about, you know, Hannah dating and her brothers used to joke about whoever it was that was going to date her, you know, they were going to be cleaning their guns just casually, you know, <laughs> in the background. <laughs> and it's a little intimidating. So that feels like a really kind of a big gun approach yeah. to meeting someone. So yeah. I, I recently looked up that book. I think I saw Dale Carnegie's book. Yeah. How to Win Friends and Influence People is still on, I think I was on Amazon looking at something like top 100 books or something. I was looking for something interesting to read. And I think that book was still in the top, I don't know, maybe 20. Yeah. And it crazy, was written it? in the like early 40s, 1940 or something like that. Yeah. But it's just simple principles about yeah. looking someone in the eye. Mm -hmm treating them as a person, not a dollar figure or a yeah. bank account or whatever. Yeah. So I think there's some very human touches that if people are willing to give just a little bit of thought, yeah, will go a very long way. Yeah, I, that's very, very true. I think that I was a business owner and understood the position he was in mm -hmm. and respected his business and what he had built was very important. I think anyone can make that connection. 
You know, they don't have to, if you've not owned a business before and you're trying to buy your first business, you can still make that connection. It's just a human to human connection. True. That is so important. But like you said, it, it, it respects the work that that person has put into getting the business to where it is that depending on the type of business, I mean, I think about Sadalas and All's Care and literally blood, sweat and tears and lots of tears and, I mean, our souls went into that business, yeah. has gone into that business to make it what it is today. Yeah. And so the thought of selling it to someone, and we're not selling it, by the way, um, <laughs> not yet anyway, but I, it's like, it's a child. It, it, it would be like selling yeah. one of our children. We're not selling them either. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> they're off the market. Yep. Well, that's really helpful. Um, so we've, You've gone through the dating process. Mm. You really, really like each other. And it's sort of like you keep taking steps. The bank has all the information. How long have they had it at this point? I think it's been about three weeks since I first started talking to the bank. And then last week was another significant step. So bring us up to date there. Yeah, so last week... I, I I reached out to the broker for an update because the LOI had not been signed. And I knew this other owner was out there. And the broker said, I'm sending you over a draft asset purchase agreement. And if you like it, sign it and I'll get it to the seller. And, um, and so we were actually headed to Denver. So you read part of it on the phone. I read the rest of it on the phone. We, we went through it, and I read through it, and it's not a difficult document, but it I knew that it hit all the points that were important to me that I'd already asked for and, and some of which I'd laid out in the LOI. Um, so we signed, we signed the draft purchase agreement, asset purchase agreement, and then I got the Signed copy back yesterday, so I passed those along to the bank. And, and so what um, what does that document do? So that document actually, uh, we're engaged now. So um, the other seller is out of the picture. Um, the only contingency in this document was if the bank didn't finance it for some reason. But we have, the I've been back and forth with two different banks and in a way, they're they're competing a little bit for this. I think we're going to get a, a commitment letter sometime. I would think sometime next week. It might be later this week. And uh, and then their next step from the bank. So they have to do their internal approvals, and then they'll they'll take it to the to the SBA, and that's when all of that final work is done. So it's still a few weeks of work on their part. And then there's a list of things for us to be doing. You know, the seller has so many days to present us with a lease for the building that's acceptable. Um, We have so many days to have access to all of the assets. So we're going to go count porta potties, going to have trucks inspected. Yeah, it'll be a (laughs) It'll be a big time, baby. Um, Can we make that a date day? <laughs> have trucks inspected. 
walk through the buildings again, just go through all of that. And yeah, so we're, we're committed to one another. There is still, there is still the possibility that the wedding doesn't happen, Mm -hmm. but that's very, very small at this point. So what prompted, because the, the broker, I mean, as with any, anyone that helps you with a transaction, you think about a realtor, there are realtors that just do the bare minimum. There are realtors that are really committed to helping you find your dream house or sell your house so you can buy your dream house. I'm impressed by how this broker has walked you through. You, You had some other brokers that you worked with. And because I, I remember a comment you made one day, maybe I should be a business broker because yeah. these guys don't seem to do anything. They didn't have information. Yeah. Yeah. This broker has been at it for a long time. He has been very good. And early on, I, I think I made a comment to him about, look, I recognize you represent the seller. Um, I'm just, I'm just trying to be as transparent and I hope, you will do the same. He mm-hmm. said, well, actually, I'm my business is more focused on, he said, I actually become more of a transaction broker. Hmm. And so my job is to help the seller find the right buyer and help both parties come to the place that they get a good deal for each of them. It's a win-win. A win-win. Okay. Yeah, so he's been, he has been really good. He's been very helpful. He's reached out a couple of times and said, hey, this is what's happening. Um, He's still talking to the other guys. But he never actually said, but I, I inferred from some of what he said that he was trying to encourage the seller that look your your better deal is over here with Mark. That's your business is going to go forward. He's going to rent your property from you um it, within 6 or 8 months you make up the money difference from the other buyer. So so yeah, he's done a really good job walking both of us through and and which leads me to say, you know, I don't know that this would be probably won't be the last business we buy. Mm -hmm. And so I would I would use this guy again. I would get him searching for us when we're ready, you know, and get him involved in the process, you know, to help us find other compatible businesses when we're ready to do that down the road. So So does a broker, can he cover anywhere in the United States or I don't really know how a business broker works? Yeah. there is certain licensing or certifications that go with it, but it's not like having to be licensed like a real estate broker. Like for a specific for a state. For a specific state. Okay, because yeah. he actually lives in Wyoming. He lives in right? Wyoming. His office is in Fort Collins. Okay. Um, yeah, he was representing the laundromat that we looked at, too. Oh, he was? Yeah. I'd forgotten about that oh, until we okay. got on the phone. And I said, I think we've talked before. He said, yep. <laughs> The laundromat. Ah, okay. <laughs> so another thing that comes to mind that I don't think we've covered yet is the process of getting an SBA loan. So we learned yeah. a couple of things in that process also. Yeah. So one of the things, and 
Actually, this came from the banker who, since his name is not on the podcast, I can say this. When I first talked to the very first banker, he said, look, I, you can't tell anybody I said this, but he said, so he asked me about what we had and assets. And I said, we have this house in Granby. He said, is that your second? And I said, no, our primary home is here. Our second is up in the mountains. He said, you need to go put a home equity line of credit on that house. Because also known as a HELOC. HELOC. I've learned a new acronym. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and he said, if, if you don't, so when the SBA does the loan, which I can talk about in a minute, um, so they require personal guarantees. So you and I are going to be signing personal guarantees on this loan to buy the business. But um, they, if there's an asset out there, then they'll they'll attach a lien to it. By having a HELOC on the house in Granby that we have equity in, it accomplishes two things. One is it keeps the SBA from attaching a lien to it because we've got that equity tied up in a line of credit. But it actually puts us in a better position with the SBA as well as with the bank because they know we have X amount of dollars available to help support the business if we if we need it. And um, when I talked to the broker at some point in there, he said, yeah, he said, I... I encourage people that are buying businesses that own businesses to do a HELOC if they, if they can at all do it, because it's just a great way to have operating capital available mm -hmm. if you need it. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was one of the things we did. I was a little concerned about that because of what we've been through, but we went to a local credit union, talked with them, sent them our returns. They could look at it and see what was there and they also said, because you just recently bought a house, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we'll approve you up to this much based on an assumed value for the house. So, so we're getting all that done. So the so we've had an appraisal done. We're waiting. Yep, just to waiting on the final on that, numbers. Property values have skyrocketed yep. this last year with the pandemic, and people are like, "Hey, if we can live anywhere, we'll go live in the mountains." So right. we have seen, yeah homes turning over in our neighborhood just like crazy yeah so okay i just wanted to yeah so that was that was good because that's an important part of this and then we i think we touched briefly you know the sba has loan programs that are really great for small businesses mm -hmm. and you go through a bank but the bank and so the bank does their own you know due diligence on right. you they approve you but then when they run the, the loan to the SBA, the SBA guarantees, in the past, they've guaranteed up to 70 or 75% of the loan. Well, this year, because of COVID and all the changes that have occurred, they're guaranteeing 90% of the loan. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. So that means the bank only has really 10% mm -hmm. at risk, mm -hmm. which is just nothing. Yeah. So then the SBA is also... Uh, waiving all of the guarantee fees, which are a loan this size would be at least twenty or thirty thousand um, dollars, maybe a bit more, and so that's a significant amount of money. And they, and then the SBA is going to make the first six months of payment 
on the loan. Mm -hmm. So it is such a win-win-win for us. It is. And I don't know if someone out there, you know, I just feel like this series, someone needs to hear it. And maybe your job or your spouse's job has really been impacted by the pandemic and cutbacks and everything. Or maybe it's just because of all that we've realized in the last year that we couldn't have imagined even just a year ago. You know, I've been doing some reflecting and it's like, oh my gosh, a year ago, it was just right. We were knocking at the door of you know, locking everything down. And yeah. and we just had no idea how difficult the days ahead were going to be. But it is possible. And because of the SBA programs currently, maybe this is an option for you. Maybe you don't know that you have the ability to start something from scratch, but being yeah. able to buy something, whether it's a franchise, I mean, we haven't yep. talked about franchises at all, but that's right. another route that for some people, that is the right thing where yep. there are systems in place that help you grow that business. Right. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Right. So again, my hope is that there is someone out there that maybe didn't think buying a business was anywhere in the realm of possibility. And I think it is. So again, if you have questions, if you want some more information, if you want somebody to talk about it with, Mark would be more than happy, right, honey? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Until this job comes about, and then he'll be a little more busy. But I'll be a little busy for a while. I, I hope it's been helpful. The next episode is going to have to wait a couple of weeks because... We need to wait for the wedding and make sure this happens. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so the flower girls are getting in place and, you know, we have to wait for the right weather. No, We're, we're ordering flowers. And, yeah, <laughs> champagne. All, all there will be stuff. some champagne. There will be some champagne. But we will do another episode, possibly two, but we want to do another one with just, um, you know, how the closing goes. and Yeah. I don't know. Is there a deal breaker at this point that where you might step away? I I don't want to say no, but I'm not sure what it would be. You know, we've we're we've gonna make dug, sure there's not a prostitution ring. Yeah, yeah, it would be too cold. The shop building's not heated or air conditioned, so <laughs> I. We've, you know, I've just tried, I've just continued to ask myself, what am I missing? What am I missing? And you've talked to some this? other people too. I have right? talked Which to some I other really folks. appreciate that. People yeah. that are very business minded yeah. and, and you've said very openly, look, yes, tell me what I'm not seeing. Yeah. Tell me what I'm missing here. And so I, I, it's possible, but I don't, I don't foresee that. I think that the wedding is going to happen. Right. Well, we will keep you posted. And again, you know what to do. Finding this podcast is made more possible. The more people subscribe, the more downloads, the more shares. And if you'd like to review us, that would be really, really awesome. I appreciate that. And thank you in advance. You're building a life together. Make it a great one. We'll see you next time.